Welcome, you're listening to the Agile Unemployment Podcast, where in each episode, we take an in-depth look at being out of work. We'll talk about the programs and benefits available to you. We'll talk about the job hunting process itself. And most importantly, we're going to address the psychological and emotional impact that being out of work has on the individual. I'm your host, Sabina Sulat. I'm an HR expert and author. A few years ago, I lost my dream job and found myself unemployed for the first time in my life. I was frustrated by the lack of resources and information available to people out of work, but more than that, I was just stunned by the fact that we don't talk about unemployment. I took my experience and I turned it into a book and I now coach people to build resilience while they're out of work. If you are out of work, if you recently lost your job or maybe you've been unemployed for a while or maybe you're just afraid that you might lose your current job, this is the place to be. We're a safe place where we can talk about all aspects of being out of work. We can answer your questions and we can help you build resilience so that when you go back to work, you are stronger and more confident than ever. So let's get started. Hey everybody, it's Sabina. Thank you as always for taking a listen in. Solo show today, I want to dive right into it because this topic is so important to being out of work and it's coming up more and more with people. I take this as a good sign. It's not the most pleasant topic, but the fact that we're willing to have conversations about it is significant. And here we go. A couple of weeks ago, I was so lucky to have been part of a panel for a career conference. And then last week, my learning group actually asked me to speak to a subgroup of job searchers. And the topic that's come up is grief. The grief of losing a job. And we don't talk a lot about it, even here. And it's so significant for so many reasons. Let's understand that grief happens on so many levels whenever we experience some kind of a change. We lament the loss of something, of what we once knew. We're resistant to any kind of change. That's a job loss right away. We mourn that job that we lost. We resist having to explore a new opportunity. Even if you willingly leave a job, you experience some grief. You leave projects and friends and coworkers and customers and accomplishment. And we mourn that. And that's what grief is all about. So I want to dissect this today and take a look at it in a very pure form here. I think a lot of us are familiar with the fact that grief is not a single action. It is this accumulative thing that has all of these stages that's often discussed where there are these phases of grief we are either expected to go through or told we're going to go through, and it varies tremendously. Probably what we're most used to is hearing the very famous five stages of grief. That's something that I think we've all heard about and talked about. But as I've researched this, and especially when it ties into job loss, I actually found this model that said that there's 27 different phases of grief. 
for when you lose a job. If you're in the middle of a job search and you've lost a job, you might think that number is a little low. I think that's a bit too much. I like the classic five version that comes from Kubler-Ross. We're probably really familiar with it if you took a health course or a psychology course or any kind of a, a group session where you talked about any kind of a loss. It's the one we're most familiar with, so I want to stick with that. Grief is more than one emotion. It's more than one thing. Grief is just this word we use to describe this kind of interwoven cluster of emotions that we try to dissect and we want to put stages to it. The five stages that most of us know are that initial denial, that, oh my gosh, what just happened here? I don't believe it's true, especially if it comes from out of the blue. But I can tell you from my own experience I saw it coming for me, and I still went into a little bit of a denial. Even that morning, I talk about this a lot. I packed my desk. I deleted files. I went through who was getting what on my desk and what swag I was going to leave behind and take with me and things like that. But I still was like, oh, this really might not happen. And even after it happened, I sat in the drive home thinking, maybe they're going to call me back. Maybe this is a mistake. So that, that kind of denial that not quite thinking it's real is almost always the first stage. Traditionally, then comes anger where there is the, how dare this happen? I can't believe this is happening. It shouldn't be happening kind of thing, followed by this traditionally bargaining. What if I called them up and offered to work for less money? Or if I took a change in title, or maybe there's another department I could work for, that sort of thing. Or sometimes we bargain with a higher being. If you give me my job back, I promise to lead a righteous life. Bargaining can get very fantastical very quickly. Traditionally, what follows is depression. I think that's the phase we think of the most when we look at being out of work. And that can go a lot of ways. It can be staying in bed. It can be moping about. It can be dragging your feet. We'll get into that in a second. And then there's the acceptance. And those are your classic five phases of grief. Someone once asked me, do you backtrack in those phases? And the answer is absolutely yes. They are not, it's not one day you're waking up and you are over the anger phase and you're right into bargaining. They bleed over and merge over into each other. It's a roller coaster, especially one of those roller coasters that does the full flip. If you know what I'm talking about, that going about 360 degrees in the wheel and you're right where you started from, that can be grief. It's important to know that because there might be this false sense of, oh, I'm done with the anger phase. And then three days later, you're angry and you don't know where that's coming from. It's normal. Don't be alarmed. 
it's not a straight shot. In fact, when I talk about grief in the job search process or in unemployment, it's multiple layers and levels and think of it as not a straight line or even a curvy line. First of all, it's swim lanes. And what I mean by that is if you've ever seen the Gantt chart where it has these topics that are, they go across time and you'll have multiple projects going at once or topics going at once. That is grief in the unemployment process because it's not just losing the job. You sometimes lose your identity. You lose your financial status and security. You might lose your standing in the community. You worry about your housing. It's everything. So it's not just one curly, curvy line. It is multiple curly, curvy lines. You're in a different place with each aspect of your life. And so instead of it even looking like that roller coaster track, I often say that it looks like, if you've ever seen one, like a Jackson Pollock painting, uh, like that string art that goes all over the place and takes up all of the canvas and everything is tangled into each other. At its worst, sometimes that unemployment period feels like that. That's why it's so difficult to manage. It's overwhelming. That's why we want to discuss it today. So think about this. Why is it so important to get over that grief? Why do you have to address it? Shouldn't it just end when you get a new job? And the answer to that is this unequivocal no? And there are specific reasons for this. But also it's really important to look at what happens if you don't get over it or try to get over it. Grief, if it's unaddressed, if you stay stuck in one of these phases, it impairs your judgment. You're not making decisions from a place of rationality but emotion, which you should pair the two when you make a decision. It shouldn't come from a bad place. It shouldn't come from definitely anger or depression or bargaining or anything else. Also, if you stay stuck in a phase of grief or grief itself, it's going to impact your health and well-being. If you're depressed, you're probably not taking care of yourself. If you're angry, your body is going on overload. If you're bargaining, you're probably overthinking things and having these obsessive thoughts. None of this is good for you. It will not be good for you in the long run. You get stuck in these phases. Sometimes it impacts whether or not you're even looking for a job, whether or not you're taking care of your family, all kinds of things. But most importantly, and I hear this a lot from people, Grief is that baggage that you take and you carry it with you wherever you go. People see it, they notice it. I can tell you right now, when I was a recruiter, I could always tell when someone was carrying baggage, when they were a little too desperate about a job, if they were a little too anxious, 
It's a fine line as a recruiter because you want to give someone the opportunity, but you have to go with what's the best fit for the organization and the team. And someone who has those unresolved issues, it's going to be a red flag to a recruiter. One of the best things you can do for your job search is to go ahead and manage your grief so that you're not taking it into the next job. I'm all about this where during our unemployment period, we build resilience. Taking care of grief is a big part of that so that when you go into an interview, into the next job, you are happy and healthy. That doesn't mean you forget what happened to you. Doesn't mean you don't learn from the experience, but you don't let it own you. You don't let it define you. And that's the difference. One thing to keep in mind is that we all do grief differently. Some people cry. Some people get angry. Some people go to bed and pull the covers up over their head and wait for the world to go away. The symptoms are so different. It's insomnia. It is sometimes anxiety. Sometimes we overindulge, be it in food or some other substance. And sometimes we cover. We put on the brave face like nothing's going on. Different symptoms are tied to different phases of grief, but it's different for each individual. That's what makes it so complex. And that's one of the reasons why the only person who can help you get over grief is you. And it's really important that you have that self-awareness and that determination of, I'm going to get myself out of this. I'm going to be aware of what I'm going through because I do want to move on to that next opportunity. How do you do it? Oh, that is such the good question. And I am very different from a lot of people who coach for careers and coach for new beginnings and so forth. I know a lot of people who always say, oh, get back on the horse. The best way to get over your grief is to get a new job. And I'm very much against that. I get the importance of having to pay bills and needing an identity and productivity and feeling good about yourself. I love the workplace. Nothing makes me feel better than doing a good job at my job. However, I also think you need to honor your feelings. And one of the best ways to get past grief is to lean right into it. I know that sounds scary. I know that sounds contradictory, but I think to ignore how you might be feeling, to think that, okay, I didn't want to stay at that workplace anyway. I'm glad this happened. I get that. My first feeling after losing my job was relief. And I thought, oh gosh, I don't have to put up with a lot of things anymore. But I was also missing, going to miss a lot of things. And that was a huge mistake I made of just thinking, okay, I'm done. I'm out of this environment. I'm ready for the next thing. I didn't realize there were things I needed to honor about what I lost. 
it took me a while to get over that. I think it prevented me from moving forward emotionally and professionally. So I'm going to encourage you to lean in to those stages of grief. Here's the trick. You need to find a balance between leaning in and honoring what you feel and not letting it own you. And this is what I mean about that. (laughs) You control your narrative. You control your story. You decide, okay, I've had enough time of sleeping in and going to bed early, or I've had enough time of, you know, working out every day to, to fight this, or I don't know, maybe you were going a little hedonistic and eating all the wrong foods because they make you feel better or binge watching that show, whatever it is, you set the boundaries and you make those decisions. You need to be able to control it. Once in a while, we talk about emotional intelligence. I should probably talk about that a bit more. But one of the hallmarks of emotional intelligence is the fact that you control your emotions. A lot of people think that means you don't have them. Quite the contrary. You probably have them more deeply than most, but you're master of your emotions. You have that control. You maybe feel sadness, but you decide when you're going to let that out and how and for how long. Or you're like, okay, I'm angry that I'm out of work. I'm not going to take it out on friends, family, loved ones. I'm going to handle it in an emotionally intelligent and constructive way. That's the difference. The thing is, you need to have this self-awareness to understand, this is what I'm feeling. This is how I'm going to handle it. I really do think that leading into your grief, even celebrating it, is a way to put the past to bed, carry on with your present and look towards your future. And those are things that are all really important in order to move on, which is ultimately what you want to do. You want to have that next job, but you want to go into it healthy. So the first thing I say is embrace the change. And this is another area where people think I'm a little crazy and I don't agree with them, where I say this unemployment period should be this time of opportunity for you. I look back and I think, I wish I had done a lot more when I was out of work because, oh, here's an irony of life. You are never going to have another point in time where you have this much freedom. You should take advantage of it. You get to decide whether you, if you want to get up at 5 a.m. and run If you want to go to bed at two in the morning after binge watching a show, this is the time you can actually do that. If you want to build a routine that you keep following, this is your time. If you want to read for fun, if you want to spend more time with your kids, your loved ones, friends, all of that, this is the time. Take advantage of those benefits. The other thing is, Change is a time of innovation and creativity. More people I know take a period of unemployment to decide, 
what they really want to do, or they reinvent themselves. We're in this great place in the employment landscape where it's no longer what you did and where you did it. That is the thing, meaning your job title, the industry you were in, the company you worked for. More and more, the skill set is becoming the most important thing that employers are looking for. I want someone who's a good communicator. I'm not going to be too picky about where they picked up those skills. They're going to do it a certain way for me, but I need someone who has that ability to engage an audience, who has that confidence in what they say. That's what people are looking for. That's what hiring managers and recruiters are looking for. It's the skills. So maybe this is the time for you to develop something that you've always wanted to know how to do. I think that's phenomenal. If you've always wanted to do that career pivot, I know the most overused word of the pandemic, now is the time. I, last week in a session, spoke to somebody who has a really great learning background. That's how this person and I met. And they told me that they weren't really getting the job offers they wanted. They were looking at their skill set and thinking, you know what? I really have enjoyed project management. I really know what I'm doing. I bring in projects ahead of time and under budget. This might be the change for me because I can then influence an entire organization on projects, something I couldn't do in learning. And I have all of these skills. I'm going to start exploring that. And so this is your time, this out of work time, unemployment time, reinvention, learning, taking up a hobby that you've always wanted to do. This is your opportunity. Use it well. Here's an idea. Why don't you use that hobby or that free time to also manage your grief? And this is something that a lot of people do. How do you move forward? How do you put that grief to bed? Think about it. This is a time where you can journal. Maybe this is a time where you meet with your friends and talk to them. Find someone else. If you were part of a group layoff, this is the time for people to get together and share their stories and support one another. That's why support groups work so well. That's one of the reasons why my learning group has this little subgroup of job searching. Whatever works for you, if it's vision boarding, if it's journaling, if it's writing, all the time I get asked, did writing your book help you get past losing your job? Absolutely. Absolutely. Any anger, animosity? No. I, I look back and I'm like, wow, this in a lot of ways helped me find what I think is my true calling. I'm very appreciative of that. I still have all the other emotions. I It wasn't fun going without an income and losing my job and everything else. But I put that to bed and it enabled me to move forward to a future that makes me extremely happy. I love what I do. I hope that shows to anyone listening. The other thing that's so great about this period is that you get to dream about what's next. Think about in your most perfect life, what would you like to be doing? What would that look like? 
here's your opportunity to construct that. I remember this motto that someone showed me once where it said, without destruction, there can be no rebirth. And it sounds very ominous, but also very hopeful at the same time. And I tend to look at unemployment that way. Losing your income, losing your job is hard. There is something almost freeing about this rebirth, this reinvention. Consider moving into that for yourself. Take the time to think about what really do you want to do with your life? What do you want to be? I know so many people who, yes, when they were unemployed, it was really scary. When they embraced the change and started to explore things, that grief, that scariness, the anger, the depression all started to go the wayside and fulfillment, happiness, satisfaction, all of those great feelings started to take place and push everything else out. I hope you're one of those people. You can be one of those people. It is entirely up to you. Few things. It's not going to happen overnight. Just like grief doesn't have these quick cutoffs and fine lines, it's a gradual feeling. And what happens is just one day you wake up and you didn't realize you felt this way. So if you work towards it, eventually it's going to click for you. Be prepared for that. Don't pay attention to what anyone else is doing, meaning don't measure yourself by anyone else. That is a tough thing when you're in the job search or you have a job search buddy. I remember when I was out of work, a friend and I had teamed up. She called me one day and said, oh my gosh, I've got this great job. I was incredibly happy for her and I was miserable. I was jealous. I was envious. I was like, what's wrong with me? I never shared that with her, of course. I'm your good friend. I love you. I'm so happy for you. My heart sank. And it took me a very long time because I kept comparing myself to her. Why is she getting this offer? And I'm not until another friend pointed out, you're not applying for things like she's applying. You're doing something different. Oh yeah. Thanks for that reminder. Being very self-aware having others know about what you're doing so they can bolster and support you is really important for that. Your self-reflection and your community are going to be two things that serve you really well as you try to get through grief and move forward. I think you need both. In fact, you definitely need both. And this is where it gets a little difficult because Community might elude you. You might not think you're self-aware. And of course, it's hard to be self-aware when you're going through things like anger and depression. That's why it's really paramount that you find like-minded people. You can form your own support group. You can go on LinkedIn. If there are other people in your organization who've been let go, if there are other people in your industry you can go to a house of worship. You can go to friends and family. See if anyone else is sharing the same situation as you. Few things are as good an equalizer as something that brings pain. I hate to say it, but it puts us all on, on even footing. And 
It builds incredibly strong friendships and relationships, even if they're only temporary. Their strength, their support cannot be denied. Okay, that time went a lot quicker than I thought it was. I thought this would be much shorter, but I think this is still really important to cover. A few things. If you are struggling, first of all, resources are so important for you. You have, and I don't mean to promote, but this is why I'm doing this, the book, the podcast. You can connect with me, follow me on LinkedIn, follow other people who you feel give a positive message that you can relate to and be inspired by. One thing I share about a lot in the book is I'm a pretty voracious reader. There were some books that completely saved me while I was out of work. I really recommend them. I'm going to put them in the podcast notes. I'll post about them on LinkedIn. One of them, great book, Creating Your Best Life by Frisch and Miller. This is a book about not just how to write your goals, but how to develop a strategy and how to actually complete them. I love this book because it's positioned with the School of Positive Psychology from Yale, and it is all about really helping you be the best you can be. I don't know another way to put it. There are these fantastic activities and exercises in it. It was a little fun. I'd had the book on my bookshelf for years. I pulled it open the week I lost my job, only to close it again for six months. Once I started to really delve into it, completely saved me. There is a book about healing after job loss, and that is by, I'm going to get the name wrong, I hope I get it right, Wolfert N. Duval. And I'll put that in the notes as well. They mainly write about grief, but they have a book to talk about how to heal after your job loss. I think it's really important. I keep saying community, and I really encourage that. Find your community, create your community, even if it's just one other person. Now is the time where you really need somebody. And... Somebody probably needs you. I know I talk about this every once in a while. I give a speech about it. I can make people cry when I talk about it, all in a good way. But I tell the parable of the whole. And when I talk about grief in a job loss, I think this parable is so important. So very quickly, man's walking down the street and he falls into a hole. And it's too narrow for him to climb up, and it's too deep for him to really climb out of it. He's stuck in the hole. He doesn't know what to do. He's calling out for help. A clergyman walks by and says, what's wrong with you, my son? What's wrong? And he says, I'm caught in this hole. And the clergyman says, I can't really help you get out, but I'm going to pray for you. And the man says, that's nice, but I'm still stuck in the hole. And not knowing what else to do, the clergyman walks on. A doctor comes by and hears the man yelling from the hole and asks, what can I do for you? And the man says, I'm in the hole. I need help getting out of the hole. And the doctor says, I'll write. What I can do is write you a prescription. I don't know what else to do. And the man says, again, thank you, but that's not really going to help me get out of the hole. And the man is in despair. He's in the hole. He's trapped. 
A third person walks down the street. The man calls up for help. The person asks what's wrong. The man says, I'm trapped in the hole. The person says, I can help you, and jumps in the hole with him. And the man goes ballistic. He says, what are you doing? Now, now we're both trapped here in this hole. And the man said, the person walking down the street says, I know. I've been in this hole before. And I know from experience, you're the only one who can get yourself out of it. But the difference is now you're no longer alone. I know it seems like a really silly story, but you're not alone in this. And you are the only one who can help yourself. But at the same time, you need to know that there are other people around you who can help you, who are a part of it, who are experiencing the same thing you're experiencing. And that's what's going to make the difference for you. So please work through your grief. Understand it's unique to you, but understand anyone else you know in the same situation is doing the same thing. You can only work out your own grief. You can't push anyone through theirs. But doing it together makes it easier. I want to leave you with a quote that I really like. So it's from Julia Samuel. And grief works stories of life, death, and surviving. And I found this the other day. Grief doesn't hit us in tiny phases and stages, nor is it something we forget and move on from. It is an individual process that has a momentum of its own. And the work involves finding ways of coping with fear and pain and also adjusting to this new version of ourselves, our new normal. And I think that's what you have to look at when you look at the grief of losing a job. Your life has changed. It is a defining moment, but it is not a moment that defines you. Only you can do that. Working through your grief, finding out what you love and what's going to help you move forward, and then moving towards that are challenges and joys that you will have. So one last thing, I'd like you to think about what's something you might do differently today or tomorrow based on what you've heard and go ahead and do that. And then do that every day until you get the job you want and the future that you deserve. So this is Sabina. Thank you so much for listening. Again, reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. I thank all of you who reach out to me. You are the ones who pick the topics that I talk about. Follow me on LinkedIn, read the book, listen to the podcast. I have lots of episodes in queue. And thank you for letting me support you while you've been out of work. And there you have it for today. I hope you learned something or heard something today that is helping you as you are in your out-of-work journey and that will help you normalize the conversation about being out of work. If you heard something that resonated with you, please 
show us support, subscribe, like, or comment on something. If you'd like to learn more information, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Sabina Sula. I'm the only one. You can also reach out to me on my website, reworkingworks.com. You can also email me at ssulat at reworking.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to know about private coaching, more about the book, more about the podcast, I wish you luck in your getting back to work journey. I hope that you've learned something here that if it hasn't made that journey a little shorter, it's at least made it a little easier. Until next time, thanks for joining.